Sunshine. I'm Alexi Lawless, and welcome to the State of the Union podcast. We look at the beautiful game on and off the field through the lens of red, white, and blue-colored glasses. Joining me, as always, my friend, my colleague, my guiding light, David Mossy, a soccer savant and a Fox soccer researcher and writer extraordinaire. Thank you to State Farm for, uh, State Farm for presenting this, as always, throughout this World Cup tournament. Uh, we come to you again from Sydney, our last day, our last night in Sydney. We come to you uh, an hour after the uh, finish of the, uh, the final. We have a new World Cup champion. How you doing, my friend? Your last night in Sydney. Ah, oh, that's true. That's true. Moss, you're going to stay a few more nights here. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to attempt to head back tomorrow morning bright and early if uh, the hurricane allows me to get back. And then you know what I'm doing? I, I, I'll, I'll tell you a little later in this show. Um, uh, so you're going to stay a couple more days. All right, so when, we, when last we spoke, you had said that you thought that uh, England was going to win? Uh, no, I said Spain. Really? I don't know. Really? Are you sure? Are you positive? Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations then. The team that you said that was was going to win uh, has won. Congratulations to uh, to Spain. Congratulations to Jorge Vilda, the uh, head coach, and to uh, all the players. Está regresando a casa. Uh, it has come home now to Spain, and uh, everything is it is in order. We have avoided the catastrophe and the disaster um, and the nightmare that would have been uh, England winning. And I know I I. Gave them a lot of uh, a lot of crap and stuff like that, but the reality is that uh, I think this was the best two teams, and uh, in this final. But after 90 minutes, there was no doubt in my mind, and I don't think there should be any doubt as to who was the best team in this final. I thought Spain was the best team, for, uh, was the better team from start to finish. Yes, England hit the crossball at one point, but this was uh, women against girls, as far as as far as I'm concerned, in the way that they played in the identity that they had and the quality that they showed. I agree. Spain, the better team from start to finish. Uh, England just didn't have a lot going forward that could trouble Spain. As you mentioned, Lauren Hemp hit the crossbar early on, but after that, even when they brought on Lauren James, um, Chloe Kelly, it was interesting that those players came in for Russo and Daly, so she took out a lot of their goal-scoring right. uh, ability. Um, so, yeah, England just never looked like scoring to me. I thought this was a good first half, but the game really petered out in the second half. Um, but, yeah, overall, Spain deserved winners. Uh, from the moment they arrived here, they looked to me to be the best team. Uh, I feel now like my orgasms were warranted. They absolute, absolutely warranted orgasms on your part. Yeah. And uh, that, that, uh, if in any way, shape, or form I poo-pooed your orgasms earlier in the uh, World Cup, I apologize. I should have recognized them, that they were genuine, authentic, and were to be celebrated, uh, these orgasms. And maybe mine's, you know, uh, a delayed orgasm, in that after this game, I was really even more impressed than I had been through the tournament. I think this game in particular, the way that they played, and there were some, there were some moments where Spain came out of the back with one and two touch passing that was really ph phenomenal. And I said on air, uh, you know, after the game that, you know, the, the romantics that play the game like this oftentimes aren't necessarily rewarded uh, in, in the form of winning, in the form of trophies. Because this is, this is not easy to do, what Spain is doing. And that they have progressed so far and, and evolved so far over this past four years is a credit to the talent that they have, but also the identity that has been instilled in this team. And I, I, giving them the courage to play like that at each and every moment, I, it's just, it's something to see. 
It is interesting that with all the attacking talent on hand, it's Olga Carmona who ends up scoring the two biggest goals of this World Cup for them, the game winner against Sweden in the semis and then the only goal today in the final. So an unlikely hero emerged at the end. Yeah, but they, I mean, they spread the wealth. Sure, and one of the yeah. things that we said four years ago during the previous World Cup that, you know, they weren't quite ready for primetime and that, that ruthlessness and the ability to do ultimately what all of this possession has to lead to, which is put the ball in the net, they did it. They didn't do it necessarily by finding just a consistent goal scorer, and they, they did it by committee. And maybe in that, and is it me, Mossy, but you know the heyday of, uh, of Spain from the men's side, right? There were people that were, like you, orgasmic about watching this Spanish team play from a men's perspective. And it resulted in a World Cup, and, and that, that was wonderful, and a, and a wonderful multiple cycles there. I find that the way that this Spanish women's team plays is more interesting, more entertaining, and I think is the ideal version of what many who at times watched the men's version of it in Spain and said, yeah, but, it, but sometimes it's, it's masturbatory, right? It's, 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 they're not really doing something. And this team, while they have the possession and they have the adherence to keeping the ball and frustrating the opponent, it's not, it's not without a purpose. And, and so I just, I, I, is that crazy for me to say? No, no, I get it. Um, and I do think the player that gives this team a different element is Paraguayo. And it was a very interesting yep. call by Jorge Vilda to start her today. She'd been such a good super sub the last couple of matches. Uh, now, she needs to improve her finishing because she does miss some chances that she shouldn't. But, uh, I mean, she is a live wire. She just gives that team a directness and explosiveness that I think does bring a different element to the And team. while she, you know, she did miss a couple of uh, chances, and she's still, still only 19. But by the way, her, her, her trophy case is already <laughs> stacking up in terms of what she's doing. And I think that will, that will come with time. But she did spread and gave you the, bit of, uh, the ability with that speed to really do some, uh, some different things that maybe in the past uh, the, the Spanish national team from a men's perspective didn't have. We had an interesting debate on our last pod with Stu and Ari about which team winning today would spell greater trouble for the U.S. And Stu tried to make a case for England, and I get it because we've all seen on the men's side uh, the monolith that the Premier League has become, mm -hmm. and you worry that if England were to follow up a Euro triumph by winning the World Cup, that would spur on even more spending on the part of the English clubs on the women's side. And so that could lead England to be sort of the center of the women's game, wrestle that away from the United States. But I argued for Spain because you take a step back and you think the fact that they've won the under-20 and under-17 World Cups last year, they now win the Senior World Cup. Barcelona just won the UEFA Champions League title. Uh, the circumstances in which they won this tournament with the mutiny and having so many of their best players not even here and still being able to play the way they did and the best player in the world, Alexia Puteas, reduced to a, a role player because of injury. Um, I just think we're entering a scary phase where this country could just take the women's game to a place where nobody else can keep up with them and this could be a dynasty. Am I overreacting to that? No, I don't think you're overreacting to that. I mean, I, I don't think this is a chicken little type of situation. Uh, in the, from a, And this is, again, from a... A red, white, and blue perspective, you know, looking at it through the, the, the U.S. Women's National Team. The U.S. Women's National Team could use the next four years and come back in 2027 and win the World Cup, okay? They have enough talent. I think they have enough resources to be able to do that. And Carly Lloyd was, I think, adamant tonight on our broadcast talking about how this isn't about because they don't have enough coaches or they don't have fields or they don't have, you know, the, the state-of-the-art type of technology and resources to be better. That's, that's not the case. But I am interested in when people do see this, do they, do they fight fire with fire? Do, do, you know, whether it's the U.S. or anybody else, do they look at what Spain has done in the way that they play 
and try to emulate that or say, you know what, that's not in our DNA. That's not something that we can do. And we're going to find a different way to break that down, either through you know, physical intimidation or speed or just being you know, incredibly efficient on set pieces or whatever it en ends up being because, because they can't do that, that, uh, that type of possession. Because I think, and maybe it's just uh, in, the, in the women's game, the way, the, way that I, the way that I see it, I think if there was an emphasis much more on the possession of the ball, I think others could, could emulate that. And it's not that the physical nature that the U.S., by the way, has capitalized on now for multiple decades. It's not that that can't be important and that can't combat it. But I'll be interested to see if other, uh, if other countries look to Spain and say, we got to find a way from a technical perspective to get better with the ball. Yeah, what we saw on the men's side, uh, this Spanish triumph reminds me a lot of the Euro 2008 men's triumph under Luis Aragones, which kind of set off that whole Spanish era. And what you started to see is that other countries borrowed some elements of the way Spain yep. played, but they tailored it to their personnel. So it wasn't exactly the same, but you could see there was more playing out of the back, more technical central midfielders. So I do think this Spanish team is going to have some influence in the women's game and the way the other top teams play, but allowing for the fact that each country is still going to have its own sort of peculiarities yeah, yeah. based on the players that they produce. Yeah, I don't think that anybody's saying that the United States women's national team should be like Spain. However, I will say this. At no time, even during their apex, and the heights of the U.S. women's national team winning World Cups and being the best in the world, at no time did they play like this. And, and actually, Julie Foudy had a great tweet about that. Somebody tweeted, oh, watching this Spain team is frustrating because this is how the U.S. women used to play. And Julie Foudy responded to it. He's like, actually, we never played like no. this. <laughs> Julie's absolutely right. She, I mean, and she was, by the way, there. And, and, and again... That doesn't mean that they didn't play with quality. That doesn't mean that they weren't entertaining. But the way in which they went about winning and being successful and being the best in the world was just very, very different. And that was in their DNA uh, at the time going, uh, going forward. Um, all right. So, and, and again, to your point, you know, they're missing potentially, you know, potentially half of a team here. So it boggles the mind the talent that they do have, uh, you know, um, uh, is still, still not even at her, at, at her best and yet they still find a way, you know, playing with a teenager up top, and they still find a way uh, to, win, to win the World Cup. You do think that though, this is, a, this is that for, from a Spanish perspective, this is the start of something big. This is not just an aberration or an anomaly type of thing. I do, absolutely. Okay. Uh, should we go through the awards here? Uh, yeah. any, any questions or debate relative to the uh, golden ball? No, I, I've been talking up Bon Mati all tournament. I think she's the best player in the world right now, and she does things with the ball that nobody else in the world can do, and so absolutely the correct choice for her to win the Golden Ball. I, I don't think that there is any debate, and in particular tonight, some of the things that she was doing to get out of pressure, even within, within a team that is so comfortable with the ball, she's a whole other step and notch ahead of everybody else, and they, they look to her when they need to get out of pressure. She can get out of pressure when there's multiple players around her, and it's just a wonderful release valve to have. You know, to give uh, people have peeked behind the curtain. We assumed that none of the Spanish players would be able to speak English, so there was some discussion <laughs> of interviewing them in a post game, having them speak Spanish, and I would translate. I would get in Rob Stone's ear and tell him what they Ooh. were saying, and then he would do sort of the Kate Abdo thing of translating it on the air, but through me. That would have been interesting. And then the pleasant surprise was Bon Mati gets interviewed, and she starts speaking English really well. Oh my God! Well, well yeah, we took, and we took all the uh, the audio. <laughs> it was great. She was uh, she was wonderful, and you could tell. She wasn't struggling for words 
because English isn't her first language, she was just struggling for words because of the monumentous type of moment that she was going through. It was wonderful to see her and all her teammates uh, celebrate. Um, Miyazawa, uh, obviously, that's not even a, a debate because she had the five goals, so she wins the golden boot. Um, she, was the, she was the only person rooting for a boring final. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, golden glove, uh, Mary Earps, uh, I mean, she, any team in the world would, would want her um, and she made some good saves tonight. I thought she was off the line on the uh, penalty, and it was interesting, but, you know, I'm sure they looked at it, and maybe it was a millimeter here or there. It was interesting because the foot was in the air, but it still is a matter of whether it crossed the yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, in so, the air isn't, yeah. Isn't a problem, uh, so um, they looked. I would say she's very good. She's a worthy winner of this award. I do love that Van Domslar, mm -hmm. the, the Dutch uh, goalkeeper. I think if the Netherlands had gone farther, she might have picked up this award, but I think because Herbst made it all the way to the final. Kenzie Arnold, Musovic, all those, you know, uh, the players, but I think I think Mary Herbst is the best. I I also love the fact that, and this applies to men and women uh, goalkeepers, that she uses her feet. And multiple times in this uh, World Cup, uh, early on, I was getting to Denmark. Well, I can't remember who it was, uh, on a breakaway type of situation to make herself big, made really really good saves with her feet. Uh, it was against Haiti in England's first game. Incredible save. In fact, another peek behind the curtain. I was asked to put together a list of top 10 best saves of the tournament. I put together this list. I sent it in, and then it never hit air because their shows were so busy, and so that, that ended up in the cutting room floor. That'll be in my unreleased catalog. <laughs> uh, but I did have Erp, that Erp save against Haiti is number two behind only Musovic, Lindsey, Horan. That would have been number one. Got it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I just thought at that moment, I was like, wow, that is a really, really good save to make. And I, I sometimes I scratch my head as to why goalkeepers don't use their legs more. I guess it opens you up to, you know, the ball going through your legs, but still making yourself as big as possible using your legs. But I'm not a goalkeeper. So, uh, young player of the tournament, uh, we had talked about who potentially it could be. It ends up being Parajuelo. I don't think anybody's going to complain, uh, especially since you, you know, played seven games and went all the way through the final and now is a World Cup champion. Yeah, a lot of great choices. One of the themes of this tournament, I think, was young phenoms. But the fact that she was the last one and shined in games of real import, she scored goals in the quarters and the semis and was one of the best players in the field in the final. I think you had to give it to her. Um, okay, so let's let's shift away from the World Cup just for a second before we put a cap on it because we'll come back and kind of uh, wrap this up because this is our last night from, uh, from the World Cup. But I was up early this morning and uh, in my room firing up the uh, League's Cup action that it continues to roll on. It is the final. It was the final today. Nashville hosting Inter-Miami and... <laughs> This messy kid, I think he's going to be good, Mossy. You know, he uh, once again put on a show, scored an incredible goal. Probably should have had a couple hit off the post. If you're watching our show here, you see him just put this one up for 90, beating multiple players at the top of the box and then just curling it around and, you know, making, I guess to some people, defenders look silly, but this is what Messi does. Ultimately, it ended up being 1-1. They went into penalty kicks. It went... 10, 11 rounds, it came down to the goalkeepers, and uh, Inter-Miami wins because the goalkeeper ultimately finishes it off. Drake Callender, yep. who Doug McIntyre did a report on one of our shows this summer where he said, keep an eye out on Drake, for Drake Callender for the national team. The spotlight's going to be on him now that he's playing on the same team as Messi. Um, so pretty good call for Doug on that. Uh, but, yeah, on the Messi goal, I was watching a clip of it this morning, and it was a great call by the play-by-play uh, -play -play guy. As soon as the ball rolled to Messi, he just goes, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. And again, I, I, I will keep reiterating this. Every single time that Messi scores a goal, it's not because 
MLS defending sucks. It's not because he's playing in MLS. He has been scoring goals for now uh, almost going on two decades, right? And that's what he does. Certainly this one, nobody could pick at. I mean, there was no, oh, believe me, Mossy, I'm th sure th there are people that are <laughs> picking on it. How, how, how could it possibly be? And it, there's three different people. But every league, every team he's ever played, every competition he's ever played, there are moments like this where he makes defenders and great defenders look silly. We've had some crazy shootouts lately. There was one between Internacional and River played in the Copa Libertadores. We had the Australia-France one at this Women's World Cup. Now yeah. this one, Inter-Miami-Nashville in the final of the League's Cup. So three it's, here relatively And, and goalkeepers stepping up yeah, in those yeah. moments. That's a, uh, that's a trend here, too, which you know, I suppose... You know, they know more about penalties than many actual <laughs> field players. So that's a, that's a good thing. So congratulations to Inter-Miami. Congratulations to, you know, owners the Masses and, and uh, David Beckham. Uh, and congratulations to Messi. Uh, we'll, we'll finish it up here. Messi was great. He continues to be great. It'll be interesting to see what he does going forward with this team uh, relative to the rest of the regular season that commences again today. And as you mentioned, they also have an Open Cup opportunity. So he's got another opportunity to raise a, uh, uh, to raise a trophy. All right, should we wrap this up? Let's do it. Um, okay, listen, this has been uh, another labor of love. This has been another story to tell that is the World Cup. And so, you know, for my one for the road, which we haven't done in a, in a whole while, you know, I just want to uh, make sure everybody understands and appreciates, like I said, how many people uh, and the village and the family that it takes to put this together on a day-in and day-out basis. And while you are listening or watching the uh, State of the Union, there is an incredible amount of digital content that we crank out and have been cranking out for a long time, whether it's during a World Cup or whether it's just on a day-to-day uh, -day individual basis uh, throughout the year. And we have great men and women that, uh, that, make, us, uh, that make us look good. And it's, and it's fun. A World Cup, Mossy, and I think you will agree, is this incredible story that twists and turns. You have no idea where it leads. And we are entrusted with telling that story. I got a text yesterday, Mossy, from a friend of mine who listens to the show. And he was, he was a little irritated with us because yesterday... Uh, this, you know, this is someone that said, listen, I, I just can't get up in the middle of the night every single night. And so the way that he got the, um, you know, the, the recap of what was going on was to wake up every morning and listen, uh, listen to the pod. And yesterday, evidently, in the third place game, while we talked about what happened, I failed to mention from an audio perspective, what the actual score was and who won. So he woke up not knowing what had happened, listened to the pod, and uh, had no idea ultimately who won. So if there's any question while you are listening or watching to this, uh, Spain is the new World Cup champions. The crisis has been uh, you know, avoided, and everything is, uh, everything is okay in that uh, England is not World Cup champions going forward. Um, but I will say this, this set that we have that you have been, you know, watching and, and seeing throughout this uh, tournament, it will be gone like that. It'll be poof. It'll be like uh, uh, Brigadoon. It will just, you know, it, you, you found it in the mist and then it will be gone as it is in each and every time. We've done now two World Cups in, what, eight months uh, with, uh, with Fox. Every single one is different. Every single one offers up different types uh, of challenges, but the consistency and quality of, uh, of work that we have and people that we have, it, I, I shouldn't be amazed anymore because they just continue to, uh, to do this, but I think it, it bears repeating and I think it bears, um, you know, mentioning 
again and again how good they are at what they do. And I, I think if you're listening to this, and a lot of people uh, do, you recognize that we're trying to give you that steady diet of what's going on. Because we know that people can't watch every single game. We love when you watch every single game. We love them when you, when you listen to every single podcast. But we like to give you a little uh, synopsis of what, uh, of what is happening. We're not going to stop, Mossy. Uh, before we get out of here, tell us what uh, your plans are between now and when we come back in you know, a few weeks into September. Uh, busy next couple of weeks. So as you mentioned, I'm going to spend a couple more days here in Sydney. Then I go back to L.A. for a few days. And then I am off to Spain. Uh, I have a wedding in Ibiza. Uh, but Ibiza? I, yeah, Ibiza. Uh, <laughs> but I tacked on some days in Madrid as well. I'm going to try to go to a Real Madrid game, see Vinny Jr. and Rodrigo. Uh, and then head to Ibiza, which I've never been. I can't wait. And uh, I have a wedding that I'm excited about. So Mossy's going to Ibiza. Now, talk about content. Jesus, let's get this going. Well, yeah, when I, I'm sure when I come back, I'll have all sorts of stories. And uh, Oh, my yeah. goodness. Well, you know, uh, keep a, a, a diary or a video diary. Or let the people know what's, uh, what's going on out there. That sounds like fun. But let me just say this. Uh, all the World Cups I've worked, uh, this one, it, it just went by the fastest. Yep. Uh, I mean, you blinked and it was over, and I'm, I'm kind of sad because I, I love being here. Uh, Sydney has shot up my list of favorite cities. Uh, absolutely terrific. Love the people. So much stuff to do. Uh, I do wish restaurants and bars were open a little bit later. That'd be my <laughs> only critique. Uh, it's, it's very strange. It's, I, it's a I've very never, strange I've, city I've, regarding I've that. I've never seen a city that makes you feel like it's later than it is. Right. I was telling you this. You know, I've had these situations where I'm – Got to dinner with friends, and we're sitting there talking, and all of a sudden the restaurant clears out, and they're cleaning the tables, and you think, oh, we should get out of here and let these people close up. I mean, it is after all, and then you look at it, it's 8.30. <laughs> it's so right. It's, it's crazy, and then you're left, well, what, what, do we, what do we do now? But you know, listen, that's how they roll over here in Sydney. And it's been wonderful. The people have been great. The city... Obviously, everything that, uh, that we have here has been wonderful. Uh, so I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm attempting to get on a plane tomorrow morning and fly back to uh, Los Angeles if uh, Hurricane um, Hillary will allow that to happen. She's, I think, dissipated a little bit and hit some cold water, evidently, which is good in that I hope everybody is safe and there are no problems going forward, whether it's us in the plains or uh, actually on the ground with the flooding and all that kind of stuff. But it looks like we're going to get plenty of rain in, uh, in Los Angeles. But... Uh, I'm spending a day in Los Angeles, then I'm getting on a plane, and I'm flying to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to satisfy my continued curiosity and fascination with this political season. I'm going to the uh, Republican debate in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, so I got tickets and everything. Fox News is, uh, is putting on this debate over there, and they were nice enough to help me out. So I will be in Wisconsin with... Not everybody, but with a number of candidates for the uh, uh, Republican uh, nominee. Now, this one has a moderator. Yes, two moderators. What I would want is for you to go to one of those town hall ones where you get to ask a question. Where I get to stand up and ask a question? <laughs> uh, it's going to be fun. I, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to, just to kind of see this political machine in action and what's, uh, and what's going on. Who knows? I will uh, let people know what's, uh, what's going on. I'm sure people will be... Uh, you know, we'll have their thoughts and be angry and scream and yell and call me names and do all that kind of stuff. But it's going to be uh, going to be fun. So I'm going from Sydney, Australia to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's going to be cool. And like I said, um, we will take a few weeks off. And I think you would not begrudge us that uh, a couple of uh, 
you know, weeks to just kind of decompress and then come back and hit it. Even though we're going to take some time off, I, I, I'm probably going to do some different things. And so you will be satisfied in terms of the content. We're not just completely going away because we know that people with their rituals and schedules and routines, they need their, their diet of the State of the Union. Alfie over there has a look on his face like, what did I get myself into? But I do hope that all the people behind the scenes here enjoyed working with us. I hope we treated them well and uh, they had a good time as and well because we enjoyed working with them. And producer Sean's been killing it uh, back there and he just does a wonderful uh, uh, job. Also the people back in L.A., Kat, Kiara, Kaz, who I'm sure were involved in editing our pods. Yep, uh, yep. There's so a, like, like I said, there are so many them. people, so many men and women that work hard to make us look good. And, and in my case, that is, you know, difficult, very, uh, very, very difficult. But uh, we roll on, my friend. Another World Cup in the, uh, you know, in the books. Thank you to State Farm for their continued uh, support and presenting this all through. Uh, I think we did a pretty good job of consistently giving you, like I said, a roundup. Anything to say to the folks before we go? No, thanks for all the support. Um, you know, it's, it still blows me away when, like, people yell my name on the street. I mean, it's it, mind-blowing, but... It might blow you away, but it makes my day. I, yeah. I, I love it. Because um, people love you, Mossy. Uh, I love you, I Mossy. hope so. But, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I still don't think I'm that good at this, but uh, people seem to enjoy stop the show. Stop it. So. Please stop it. Please um, stop it. You're very, very good at this. And people, I think, appreciate not just what you tell them, but the way in which you tell them. And in our business, that is as important because you have a wonderful sense of humor. Obviously, you're smarter than anybody that, uh, that I know when it comes to the game and oftentimes when it comes to life, uh, and you're able to articulate it in a wonderful way. So I, am, I would thank you for all of your help, and not just the help of the State of the Union because, uh, you know, when I come on, I always talk, to, uh, you know, when I do your intro, I talk, uh, you know, about you and all the different things that you do. But you are pulled in so many different directions, and that you want to spend a little, you know, a couple minutes with me at the end of the night doing this, uh, doing this little show. Uh, it it, it warms the cockles of my redheaded heart. Remember, in Doha, I missed a, a bunch. Yep. Here, I batted like ninety percent. You were, yeah, you were, a couple. So. You were definitely on it. Uh, you know, we thought we were going to end this show with me playing "God Save the King," but you know, a deal's a deal, and England didn't live up to the to their side, and so I don't have to do that, uh, thankfully. And so. The long drought continues. Since 1966, 57 years, England has not won a World Cup, and that did not change tonight. So congratulations to uh, Spain and uh, Viva España, my friends. Uh, keep reviewing, keep rating, keep downloading, keep subscribing. Like I said, there will be plenty of State of the Union content going forward, but we are going to take a little bit of a break uh, and I think that that's going to be good for all of us so we come back uh, refreshed. Uh, we'll see you back stateside. Uh, and until then, and as always, my friends, size the day.